Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Hi, I'm Austin Healy and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. Today I'm joined by Hugo Monya for our first episode of 2018. How cool is that? So cool. So cool. On the pod this week, we'll be taking a look at England's preparations for the Six Nations. We'll be debating who the best player in the world is, me. And as usual, we'll be chatting all things Aviva Premiership. But before we get cracking, here's what else is coming up. Boss flyer Christian Wade was our star guest on the live studio show. Best player I've played against. Um... All right, it's embarrassing now. Can you just like... Yeah, Hugo Monnier. There you go. <laughs> Fair play. And Ali Eakin went up to Northampton to chat to the new technical coaching consultant, Alan Gaffney, who has a fair few things to sort out at Franklin's Gardens. I wanted to be back involved coaching with a team. Sort of all happened within a fortnight. But before we get started on all that, I need to paint a picture to everyone who's listening. I've come straight in a shirt and jeans. A and lumberjack shirt, by the way. Lumberjack, yeah, it's nice. And uh, you've come straight from the gym. You've obviously been doing guns. Um, Fitness. Ju- just just arms, is it? Just biceps? <laughs> just just burning off the Christmas calories. You know, I, I can't be entering this year in deficit, so I've, uh, yeah, just doing a little pre-workout. Yeah, well, you just work the calories on the arms. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, start at the top and work your way down because the car, the car, calf, calves. Wow. I mean, not... How did you run around with those I little don't pea know. shooters? I couldn't get massages on them because I used to give the masseurs paper cuts. I mean, they are—they're <laughs> pathetic, aren't they? Oh dear! Hold on, just dynamite like... comes in sticks, though, right? That's yeah, okay. I'm just going to roll up me trousers a little bit. And just sit here. They're sizable, by the way. Yeah. He's just—he's just unleashed, yeah. unleashed a couple of calves. If they're, you've they're ever big. seen any sort of films about Greek or Egyptian gods, they're the sort of calves that they'd have had. What a view. I know, beautiful, isn't it? Anyway, let's crack on, shall we? England training squad met down in Brighton. Uh, a few new names there. What do you make of them? Uh, ben O'Barno, I think he's played really well, actually, this season for Bath. Um, probably got more game time than what I was expecting. Um, a few injuries, but thrilled to see him there. Gary Graham. Austin, what do you know about Gary Graham? <laughs> about as much as you, if you're asking <laughs> me the question. Well, no, he hasn't played that much this year. I think he's a good player, but... I think there's other back rowers at New, uh, Newcastle that you could argue were more deserving. I, I've always been a huge admirer of Wilson's and uh, I'm surprised he's not there. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Dean Richards, he's always kind of tried to get the likes of Wilson, your Welshes, into the squad. And, you know, Wilson went to Argentina. But Gary Graham, yeah, hasn't played much. Um, certainly not your starter every single week. But, um, you know, in and amongst some of those names that are missing out, Don Armand, 
Well, we keep going on about Don Armand, don't we? What do you feel? Well, he should be there. I I think Haskell's back in. Now, I don't understand that. See, I see. I, I do, purely because with Nathan Hughes out and Billy Vanapala just come back to fitness, I think that back row looks lightweight. And if there's anyone in this country outside of your Simmons that can add a little bit of ballast into that back row, then Haskell can do that. And he has played fairly well the last few weeks. Um, so I think he's gone on size more than anything, because if he's going on form, you'd probably go for Armin. But the one thing I like about any England squad is it's not necessarily being the best rugby player. It's been the best player to fit the system. And he clearly doesn't see Don Armand as a guy that fits it. But he sees Haskell as a guy that, oh, well, he knows Haskell, doesn't he? He's played him numerous times, but he's got lots of caps. He's not in the form of his life. He's playing better, like you said, than he had been at the start of the year. He's had this toe injury, which he's never really got back from. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. The one for me that's a bit weird is, why have you only got two scrum halves in the squad? And two hookers. Yeah, well, there's one of them I wouldn't have there, but unfortunately he's the captain. Um, <laughs> so that's a different conversation. I believe on you do another rival podcast uh, that you discussed a lot about Dylan Hartley on that. Yeah, yeah, we had a, we had a bit of a chat about it. I, I think... He's clearly not playing his best rugby and confidence is a little bit low. Not just him, but his team, you know, they're going through transition, sackings. They haven't won a game in the Premiership since the end of September. But you can still be the best captain and not the best player. And I think Eddie Jones put such an emphasis on leadership qualities. That's clearly what he feels is lacking within his squad and what Dylan Hartley brings so well. But a couple of other guys, going back to Wasp, that played really well recently. Dan Dan Robson and Danny Cipriani. Do you feel as if they should be in the squad? I think Robson should be in the squad, even if he's just there to learn the ways of the force. Eddie Jones, obviously, is Yoda. Uh, he needs a young Padawan, and he, he needs to teach them how to play. And uh, I think, Robson, if, if you lose care or Youngs, you've got to bring somebody in. Yep. And you've got to bring someone in, maybe only at two days' notice. And scrum half is a difficult position to do that. Yeah, of you have to know the side, the calls, inside out. Otherwise, you end up just one or two yards off the play. And that makes a big difference at international level. Danny Cipriani, should he be there? Form-wise, I think he's better than Ford at the minute. Um, maybe Eddie doesn't like stuff that's gone in, on in the past, but I think you can. he's the sort of guy, Eddie, that would draw a line in the sand and say, well, it's up to me. History doesn't really matter. It's what you're going to do in the white shirt in the future. But he spoke to him recently, apparently, during the Christmas period um, and just said, the door's not shut on you. Um, you're playing really well. But he also then went on to say that if George Ford and both Aaron Fowler were injured, that he probably would be first choice, but he couldn't have Danny Cipriani in the squad as your backup 10. And I don't know whether that's because Cipriani wouldn't deal with it so well, but I think he only ever wants him in the squad as the main man. But the likelihood of both of them being injured all at once is fairly unlikely. Mind you, New Zealand said that in 2011 and Stephen Donald, the fifth choice, came on and yeah. kicked the winning point. So. Well, he shinned it over. I think you'll find. He used his shin, got it just over the top. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I always think with Danny, though, it comes around to those contract negotiations and all of a sudden England say, yeah, there's there's a good chance you're going to play. I, yeah. I don't know how much of that's politics, how much of that is wanting to keep him here in the UK. It's, so he's got some tough decisions ahead of him. He certainly does. Obviously, every um, every club can start approaching players. Um, now it's January, well, beyond January 1st, although most people have been approaching for the last yeah, year, it was, 18 it was, months. It was January the 1st back in March <laughs> last year, by all accounts. Yeah, exactly. But moving on, rugby's top 100 players. Um, so this was done by magazine. Um, who do you think was at number one? 
Owen Farrell. It's written down here. <laughs> Sorry, it was quite I was trying easy. to create just... some suspense. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's quite easy. Owen Farrell, Bowden Barrett, <laughs> Nakamura. You know, I think that's... Oh. What, do, what do you make of it? Is it something you'd have paid any attention to? If I wasn't in it, yeah. <laughs> and if I wasn't high up in it, definitely. God, if they'd have done that when I was playing, they just wouldn't have put me in just to annoy you, wouldn't they? Yeah, of course. Danny Kerr's not in it, is he? Danny Kerr, he's he's not in it. Ali Price is. Where's Ben Youngs? I don't think he's in it. Ben Youngs isn't in it. He can't have the two England scrum halves not in it. I find it really weird. I actually had a look at the list and, yeah, um, th- there's a lot of it you can't complain with. Mary Toja, number four, is Ralph Folau, Stuart Hogg. Stuart Hogg's only played four internationals this year, or 2017. Yeah. And he's in the top 10, he's but he's played clearly played well. really well. Michael Hooper, Ty Furl and Brodie Rattarek. Oh, you can't really disagree with that. But do you think Owen Farrell's the best rugby player in the world? I'd say he's pretty close to it at the minute, yeah. I'd say that the Irish halfbacks may argue. Sexton. You, okay, you've got, you've got to pick a ten, 10 in your team. Who are you picking? Uh, Farrell. Oh, what's the, it depends what the rest of my team is. You can't just ask me that. Bowden Barrett or Farrell? Okay, yeah, no, that's true. That's it, right. I it's might like pick both of them. Henri or Nistelroy. They uh, did exactly the same I, thing. I prefer the thought of picking either Graham Sharp or Adrian Heath. You won't know who, who they are who because are they? you weren't born. They, play for, they played for Everton. Yeah. Okay. Phil the Power Taylor. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd play Farrell and Barrett together. Well, he's played all his international rugby at 12, hasn't he? Just to dodge the question more than anything else. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think Conor Murray should be in the top 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The impact that he has on the outcome of matches is outstanding. You think of the game Chicago, was it? Yeah. Actually, that was the year before, wasn't it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's still, he's, he's he was still really good. Really in that good. Game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I hate these lists. You often get asked to do them as a pundit, particularly around Christmas time and the end of the year for your newspaper column where they're saying, oh, can you do uh, the list of your favourite 10 players? of the day? You're like, no, because you used to hate them when you were playing. So, And then they say, well, we won't pay you. And they go, yeah, OK, well, I'll do them then. How many do you need? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you just roll them out. Shuffle it in. So that's um, England squad training, top 100 players, which incidentally neither of us made. In fact, there was no members of the BT Sport talent crew Sport. in there. I we thought Sara was close. Top 50 pundits. Top 50 pundits. Oh no, there's God. too Actually, many. You'd, no, you'd easily no. make it and there'd be 20 empty spaces. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be really wicked off if we were ending it then. Yeah. Okay, well, before we sink our teeth into the Aviva Premiership action we saw over the New Year weekend, here's the best bits of Ali Eakin's chat with the man tasked with saving Northampton season, Alan Gaffney. So a new year, but the same old problems persist for Northampton. At Twickenham on Saturday, they shipped 50 points for the third time this season. They're without a win in 11 now in all. So they've called in a firefighter. They've called in 71-year-old Alan Gaffney. Alan, just first of all, tell us how this came about, this appointment. I came about, um, Alan Dickens uh, rang me some time ago. Uh, he told me that uh, you know, uh, Jim was leaving um, and he, he wanted to know whether, in fact, I had an interest in in the position, um, you know, virtually in the short term. Um, and I told him, yeah, I did. Um, I've always you know, wanted to be back involved coaching with a team. Sort of all happened within a fortnight. You've done so much in your career. The Waratahs, probably the last time you were involved in, in frontline coaching and you finished up there in 2013. The game moved so quickly. Are you concerned at all that the game has moved on? At this level, I, I have been involved. You know, I've been involved with the, with the Australian 20s and the Australian size. And I've, I've done work with the Western Force when, when I was short, well, 12 months ago. Um, 
So it's not that long probably since I've been been involved with the side. I mean, as far as the frontline stuff with the Waratahs, yes. And I've spent a lot of time uh, on the coaching paddock doing some work with, with, with varying squads and varying teams. So hopefully I'm up to date. So obviously the, the key name is Dylan Hartley because we all know what a big influence he has on this club. Have you spoken to him? No, I haven't. Well, Dylan went to camp on Sunday and I didn't fly until Sunday morning, so I haven't seen Dylan. Phone call? Um, no, I, I wouldn't do that at the present time. You know, I, I wouldn't put myself in that. I'd rather be speaking to Dylan. Uh, face to face. Um, how, how worried are you about his form? Yeah, and what I've seen, he's not playing to where anywhere near where you know I would have thought you know Dylan can play, and I think Dylan would probably be a little bit disappointed with his own performance. But I don't think it's it's not from what of trying. That'll turn around, I'm sure. What about your position here? Clearly, you're here as an interim consultant, if you like. Yep. Would you like a permanence? Have a look at my age. No, I, I, I feel well enough, um, but you know I think they've got to go and, and look at the long term. If the opportunity was ever offered to me, no doubt, you know, I'd be I'd be strongly considering that. But at the same time, I think you know the Northampton um, board and and people involved have got to look towards the future and, and see who may be around. But if it um, came to you, if they said we like what you've done, we'd like you to stay, you would. I would. I'm pretty sure I would. Well, he's got no chance, has he? Top four. Wants no. to finish in the top four. Alan, come on. Yeah, that's... Yeah, he's dreaming. He's, no, that, that's harsh to say he's dreaming. But it's no, so, it's not. Why but is it, it harsh? It's so, it's so unrealistic to think that Northampton will be, be in the top four. I think they're currently 10th. They're eight or nine points off ninth place. Um, that was a huge game of the weekend. But, hey, I mean... We've both won and lost a lot of games, but you don't mind losing so much when you show an identity of what you are on the pitch. At the weekend, you saw the game. Your Twitter was going mad. I was, I was, listening, I was reading it at half-time. I only put one little social hand grenade opinion in there, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like people want to kill you. But, I mean, but, well, okay, has your opinion changed? About, no, not, not changed at all. So, in terms of that tweet that I put out, I think it was something like Ward... Luke is a better rugby player than Dylan Hartley, as is Luke Cowan-Dickey, Jamie George. I missed off Dunn on there. Uh, and, and then I just put, I never understood the selection and I certainly don't understand the captaincy. And then all of a sudden, I got quite a lot. Actually, not that many Northampton fans backed him, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, I saw that this thing about confidence, I think there's more than that. There's a desire missing from them. Defensively, they were just a mess all over the place. It looks like they're very confused defensively in terms of their framework and their structure. Their attacking game. Can keep hold the ball. Yeah. They go wide, get tackled into touch the first three times they have any possession. Uh, and they've got players that can play a lot better than they're currently playing. And, and that's the big uh, dichotomy, I think, that he's got when he goes in there. How does he bring out the best of these guys? What would you do? And how does he drop people? If, what would I do? Yeah. I'd probably have a big clear out of the coaching staff. Um, what, like this week? Yeah, Midway like through the season. And I'd empower the players to turn it around themselves because they're still hearing the same voices. They're still hearing everything that they've heard for the last seven years, and yet they're not reacting to it. They're not reacting when they're under pressure. They're not reacting to the results. They're not reacting on the field when they see things go badly. And that says to me that there's well, was a disconnect between the coaching staff and the players. And I'd take, I'd take that away and I'd make the players more empowered to deliver what they need to do. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's about time that the players really stepped up. It was disappointing. I think I said it actually in commentary. Jim Mallander, he went a couple of weeks and 
you know, he's a great guy. Everyone's got fond memories of him, but you can't hide behind Jamalinder anymore. The players have really got to front up and actually take some ownership over their performances because for as bad as they were, no coach coaches their team to go out and play like that. And we're talking about individual errors. We're talking about, to your point, the desire, the, the work rate to get off the ground and to make another tackle, to chase things hard, to just look like you're in a fight. No one coaches a team to not have any of those things. So I expect a massive reaction this weekend. Northampton against Gloucester. Let's not face, they've been in this position before. They lost to Saracens by 50 plus points uh, for round one and then they beat Leicester round two. I know that's a slightly different affair, a bit more emotional, but they've got to be able to recover and react the way they did round two. Yeah, I think the Visser second try said everything for me. Good rip off the ball from uh, Dave Ward. Um, and then... Danny Kerr was allowed to run whilst everyone backed off. And then uh, Tallulah in the outside channel didn't actually tackle or touch anybody yeah. and then didn't turn and chase. Yeah. Same with Marcus Smith. His lovely ball out to Tim Visser. I watched it a couple of times up in commentary. He ran with the ball for four seconds. Yeah. This is an 18-year-old kid who needs to be put under pressure. He should not be allowed that amount of time to run, pick his option as and when he wants to. Harlequins were very good, but they were allowed to be that good. But well, let's let's finish on a positive in that game. I thought Quinns were excellent. You know, some really good performances, starting at the front by the captain. Yep. Ward, I thought he had a fantastic game. The offload for Danny Kerr's try was yeah. absolutely... People miss that. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought Jamie Roberts, it's a good job he came on the show. We gave him some tips last week. <laughs> he looked like he was back to his international best. Some brilliant carrying. Um all over the field. Uh, Lua Marlow, I thought, uh, had a fantastic game. Yeah. Said his name wrong, but I don't think he'll really matter because no. it was quite positive. Yeah. And then Danny Kerr running proceedings with Marcus Smith. Yeah, very good. Let's go from good to absolutely brilliant. Wasp Friday night against Bath. Surely back to their best now after mid-season one. Yeah, but can you play a game against Wasps and not compete at the breakdown? No. It makes no sense. I don't me. know what they did Monday to Friday defensively. Well, they clearly said, we're just going to allow them the ball. Would you do that to Exeter? No, not at all. I'd fill every single breakdown with as many bodies as I possibly could. I just thought Wasps were brilliant and some fantastic rugby to watch. And then Bath played some really good stuff as well. So they must be saying, well, do you know what? If we play them again, at least we've got a blueprint yep. to know where to go back to. And I'm amazed that sides let Danny Cipriani run with the ball. Why did they let him do it? I would have one of my own little psychopaths who I just said, all you're doing, the whole game is man-marking him. You're not in our defensive line. In fact, you've got nothing to do with us. All you do is blitz out the line onto Danny. You played with Lewis Moody. Yeah, someone imagine, like him. Imagine what he'd have Serge done. Serge Betson did it to Johnny Wilkinson every single time they played. I could not believe. I think after about 60 minutes, we were looking at their shirts and they're playing in their white away strip. <laughs> And they were both clean. No hands were put on them. The rock was too fast. For Bath, they'll be disappointed. Quite a few injury uh, problems there. James Wilson made his debut at 12. I'm not sure if he's ever played there. That really illustrates how poorly they're going. But then, let's go to a positive for Bath. Zach Mercer, an apprentice in the England squad. Outstanding once again for Bath. Yeah, he's good. Good. Uh, all around, I thought Bath, were when they started to play, they looked stronger. When they get all their players back, they're going to be real contenders. Yeah. I still think they're a top four side. I know they've got a bit of a difficult run coming up, particularly with all the injuries they've got. But if they can see that through and then start to maybe win their last six games, I, th I think they'll be up there in the playoffs. Uh, a side who may or may not, Leicester, 
they've just dropped off the face of the earth, haven't they? They haven't lost six games since you were born in 1965. <laughs> I look all right for my age. You do? You're not, not well, apart from the legs. Yeah, apart um, from the skinny legs. I mean, what do you make of Leicester? What's happened to them? I don't know. I kind of look at the premiership and everyone's had a bit of a wobble and a lot of it's been because of the injuries. Everyone apart from Exeter. So Saracens have had it. They've just got themselves out of it. Harlequins have had it. Bath are going through it. Was have had it. Leicester had it at the start of the season, then they fixed it. I know they're back to where they were at the start of the season. I don't really get it. Um, I thought tactically they played a really intelligent game in the first half. They'd have been thrilled to be going into the wind and equal on the scoreboard. 6-3 down they were. 6-3 down, Penalty right Sorry. at the end of the first half, yeah. But then to get blown away in that manner, it for me, it points out a few things. I think when team, when extra blow teams away, it's down to a few things, either fitness, uh, poor defensive structure, or just being overpowered. I think Leicester are fit enough side. I think they've got quality players and they've got good structures, but they physically just got dominated. England halfbacks. Discuss. In difficult conditions, you'd expect more from them. Downwind, 6-3 down at half-time. If I'm an England halfback, I'm thinking, half-time, we've won this match. There's nothing these guys can do to win this match and steal it off us. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Exeter yep. because I thought they were absolutely brilliant in the last 30 minutes. There was a tackle on the line by Don Armand yep. uh, on Hamilton, which potentially turned the game, yep. got back over the ball, which the tackle is not supposed to be allowed to do, but they got away with it. And then they go the full length and score. You don't, as an England 9 or a 10, you don't let that happen. You don't let that territory happen. Yeah, no, you're right. You were there. The wind was, was awful, wasn't it? It was worth... Straight down the pitch. How many points would you ten, say? Well, 10 points, you'd have said. And that's why Leicester's first half was so good. So I'd argue with, the, with you about their fitness. I'd argue with... Everyone talks about their power, their ability to have big ball carriers. They've got Mike Williams, who I thought was pretty good. Callum Afoni, who's yeah. not a bad ball carrier. Hamilton, again. But those guys got pretty much crushed um, in the second half and had to come off. Backline, clearly... You, you, you've played at nine, you've played at ten, you've played everywhere in the back line, but you do need your forward pack to get you on the front foot. However, in saying all of that, the skill level and intellect, you've got nine, ten, and at twelve, who can control the game, it just wasn't there. So I don't know what their game plan was in that second half, whether they felt as if they had more license to play and perhaps felt as if the wind would just do the job for them. But to be blown away in that manner, um, not just that, but then give up points to people you'll be vying out for it at the end of the season. You know, it was actually a massive illustration. 79th minute, it could have just been four points to Exeter to give them an extra bonus point. That was a late Christmas present. And, you know, in, in a league which is so tight and relentless and every point truly matters, that was punishingly bad for Leicester. Yeah. I don't think Ford and Tamu are working together. That's one of my issues. But anyway, let's let's move on. Exeter were great in that second half and they fought their way back. Quick roundup of the other games. Sarri's uh, very strong in the second half. Worcester looked very good in the first half. Um, the only other team to score more tries than was this season is Worcester. Yeah. This season. I think in the first six rounds or something like that, they'd scored about seven tries and now they've scored about 21. Someone been sent a stat this morning. No, I was up in the office early, just looked over <laughs> one of the producers' shoulders. <laughs> Not even doing their game, but I mean, Josh Adams scoring tries for fun. They're playing really well. Saracens will be upset at their defence. He's but good, isn't he, Josh Adams? He should be playing for Wales. Free team. He, yeah. He's playing well. Their back three actually is playing really well. George North's out injured, so he's he's out for four weeks. Josh Adams for Wales for you? Definitely. He's absolutely rapid. I didn't realise how quick he was till I saw that chip over. Yeah. Really good. If you're top try scorer, you'd expect to see them in the 
top two teams in the country. He's doing it from 11th. Yeah. And they've only started playing rugby the last three weeks. He's a he's a top, top player. But London Irish, unfortunately, they lose, but they managed to pick up a losing bonus point. Um, so you've got to hope that they can, geez, I take something out of it. They weren't blown away. They've taken something out of it. They're you, gone, aren't they? I don't know. Really? I think their biggest, okay, apart from the fact they've only won one game in the first half of the season, they just weren't competitive enough in the games which they were losing. And you consider if they can be competitive in the last 11 games, well, that's 11 points anyway. You get a couple of wins out of that and there might be enough, but they've got to be more competitive. Yeah. They play Worcester again, I think, in the next few weeks. That's massive. Yeah. And that's the majority. They're too loose for me, actually, all over the field, particularly at rook time. I mean, they can play some decent attacking stuff. Defensively, they get broke down, but you can see how loose they are at the Rook, and they need to improve that. Uh, Gloucester, good win, actually, against a, a resurgent Sale. Sale looking quite strong, and I think they could move up the table as well. It could, they'll, I think Gloucester and Sale will bal bat battle, balance each other out. One will finish sort of seventh, one will finish ninth. Gloucester will finish, I think, higher than seventh. Do you? I reckon they'll get a European spot. Oh, I can't see Sale getting call. that. So who's going to drop out that sixth, then? Um, I'm just just going through the table just now, and um, in your head, in my head, and at the moment, well, Gloucester up to fourth. They were second just two weeks ago. Um, I mean, can Newcastle can they maintain it? I mean, you've got some big hitters up there like Bath and Harlequins, but I firmly believe that Gloucester pretty well plays. I mean, they're on the current on 37 points. Um, so, so yeah, that they've so okay. So, so nine nine points clear of Leicester Tigers. That's wild. And they're five points clear from fifth place, Newcastle. I can't see Sale breaking into that. I think Gloucester firmly embedded there. Okay. Well, no, that's an interesting. Interesting. I think, well, like you said, the table doesn't lie, does it? But it is quite tight. Was there a song about that? I don't think there was. Um, talking of songs, talking about singing, and a player who really does pair. We were so lucky this week to have Christian Wade on rugby tonight, weren't we? I mean, he was probably the third best winger that was on the show. That's true. Um, but should we just have a listen to some of his best bits? Christian Wade, welcome to Rugby Tonight. Thank good you. New Year. Yeah, it was very good, actually. Yeah, very good. good. Did you, I'm just wondering, did you guys discuss what you were going to wear before you rocked up? <laughs> Ripped jeans, check. Trainers, check. Shirt and an open jacket. It's fashion, and, uh, isn't but it? But you've got a nice little... Party popper on your shoulders there, there Christian hasn't Just got. a bit of detail, right? <laughs> New Year's, um, Oz, we've had loads of questions in for Christian, so you can grab Yeah, on. first of all, why did you do that silly dance at the end? It really spoiled our <laughs> VT for me. But let's get some questions. So old. <laughs> so old, <laughs> old school. Let's take a look. We've had loads in already. Uh, this is from Billy Parsons on Facebook. Who is the hardest tackler in the Premiership? Ooh. Has anyone ever tackled you in the Premiership? <laughs> um, probably two or two, probably. He hits quite hard. Well, very hard, actually. Yeah, OK, this yeah. is on Twitter. This is Mr Taz Worldwide. Which is harder to defend against, a quick winger or a big, powerful winger? Um, harder to defend, oh, definitely a quick winger. Yeah, I think we're going to do a little bit of a demo on that later on in the show. We've got three yeah. different wingers here. So you'd prefer to defend against Rico Ioane over Nandolo? OK. This is from uh, Jacob uh, Basford. Who was your favourite player growing up? <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I, was, I don't think I was born when you were playing. I don't think he was born uh, when you were playing. <laughs> uh, definitely Jason Robertson, favourite player. 
Yeah. OK, I'll, I'll ask you that question again. <laughs> uh, who is the second fastest player over 50 metres at Wasps? That's from Stuart Hughes on Facebook. Um, probably Josh Bassett with his long strides or Elliot Daly. Yeah, we We've got quite a lot of players, Daly. actually. Yeah. A lot of the, it, Dan Robson? Uh, Dan Rose is quite rangy. He's quick over the first ten, um, but it'll be it'll be a, a, a pretty tight. Do you tight. time yourselves? Have you got? Uh, any... We don't really do too much of um, the light gates anymore. Because I challenged you when I came up to wasps. <laughs> yeah, but and you weren't. Remember, key. Darren told you that your technique was a bit off, so <laughs> you needed to. I think he was just being kind. Here you go and just let you off. Uh, let's crack on. Uh, <laughs> this is at Ree Cohen, I think. Uh, any feedback from Eddie Jones on what to do to get back into the England squad? No, nah, not 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 yet. Still, have you chatted? Have you had any conversation with him the last couple of years? Um, I get a couple of texts here and there, just just telling me to keep to keep scoring tries and um, just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, not really any work ons really. So do you know where he lives? <laughs> Pop round his house, sit outside the front door, keep knocking. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is from Frank T. Blythe. Uh, Frank T. Blythe. Uh, do you feel that you or any of your Wasp teammates deserve an England call-up? That's really quite a hard question for you to answer. Do you want us to answer it? You guys can answer it. But I no, think... it was up to you. So you can answer. <laughs> Go on. No, I think um, there are a lot of players in our team who have been playing well for a few years now. Um, Darren Robson. I think Cipriani's been finding form in the last couple of years. Definitely done a lot for our squad, as you can see, with the attack. Um, I think, although Carlison missed quite a lot last year, he's, he's another key player in our team. Um, there's a lot. There's a few. There's Tommy Taylor, Sam Jones, some Jeez. guys there who actually got injuries who were kind of on the cusp. Um, there's quite a few. How far of injuries, Sam Jones? Um, I have no idea, to be honest. Because he was yeah. someone who was pretty much on the verge. Yeah. He was in the autumn yeah. international squad. Yeah, he broke his leg, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's... So, um, um, OK, well, let's, let's crack back. on with a more serious question, then. This <laughs> is from Chris Howe. What is the inspiration behind wearing a scrum cap recently? I spoke to you about this a couple of weeks ago, because yeah. I thought... Because a lot of people talk about Christian's defence is actually really good tackling. I thought perhaps he's been chatting to Serge Betson. You know, that's an inspiration. <laughs> but you actually perforated um, your eardrum, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, so I perforated my eardrum against the Leicester Tigers. Um, so it was, uh, the doctor said that I needed to keep my ear clean and dry, so that was the solution. Um, so I'm still wearing it for a couple more weeks. I burst You're going to carry on wearing pain. it? Uh, probably not, it gets quite hot under there. Um, so a few people thought it was because I had a bad haircut or something like that, so... <laughs> what's, um, what's wrong with that? You've never had a bad haircut. <laughs> no, OK. Uh, let's have a quick fire round then. Uh, which is your favourite away fixture? Uh, favourite away fixture... The clue was in the quick fire. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Um, I like playing like Leicester Tigers. Yeah, don't blame me, it's an amazing place. Uh, what would you do if you weren't involved in rugby? Uh, probably something to do with music. I'm a musician, so... Oh, brother nice. plays the drums, doesn't he? Yeah, little brother's a musician, yeah. OK, who, in your opinion, is the best winger in world rugby? Uh, Riku Awani. Uh, and which Premier Prem players, if any, does Christian think could beat him in a foot race? Nah, Chris Welsh. I don't think there's anyone who could beat me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's, that's no, no, no one. No one. I'm still waiting for someone to beat me. H historically, do you think there's anybody who's been quicker then? Historically? Yeah. I've got a quicker Habana? 100 metre time than you. Did you? Yeah. You were in a car. <laughs> no. No, no, what's your 100 time? To be fair, you do, innit? I'm 10.82. I'm 10.6. What were you off then? <laughs> Honestly? Yeah. 10.54 at oh, school. It's genetics, what can I say? Really? What can I say? That's pretty quick, that's good, that's good. I absolutely destroyed you, Per, to be perfectly honest. Best try you've ever scored for Wasp, that's from Callum Michael. 
Um, my favourite one's against Gloucester about in 2013, I think, away. I don't know if you remember, but... No, I and I'll do the last one. Um, who's, go on, then. who's the best player you played against? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only because you were He's tough my leg. Uh, the best player I played against... Um, All right, it's embarrassing now. Can you just, like... Yeah, Hugo Monnier. There you go. <laughs> Fair play. OK, another exciting weekend of Premiership Rugby. Friday night, got Worcester against Bath, and that's on BT Sport 1 and 4K UHD from 7pm. I'm not going to ask your Super Brew picks because we're early in the week and we shouldn't. I've already done them. Have you? Yeah, because I've locked was, them I've in. I've not done I've mine. been in bed for two days with flu. Oh. I don't want to tell you that what they are. OK, but I've gone you for gone Worcester for? in that game. Good shout, man. Yeah, I think, I think they're very strong at the minute. The way they play, they're attractive to watch. If I lived in a, in the Worcester area, I would certainly be going down on a Friday night to watch them. Have a few quiet, break the January uh, duck pints. <laughs> uh, I never understood that. Uh, I tend to drink more in January than I do in December. Um, I what, think. Why is that? Because I'm out the country more, and I have this rule: I don't drink in the UK. Okay, it's a long story about getting arrested and going to prison. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, I really. That's banter. That's yeah. banter. No, it's true. It's true. It leads. Uh, Saturday. <laughs> 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 I'm driving there Friday. Got to leave early on a Friday for a Worcester match because that, you know, the M42, phew, it's a nightmare. I don't know if you, you don't have to experience this, you see, because you're, you're a southerner, you live in London. Yeah. I mean, not only are we giving people advice on rugby and what's going on, Traffic but tra reports. travel advice as well. It's amazing. You know, particularly if the weather's bad. If the weather's bad and people are coming out of work their first Friday after being away for Christmas, they're in bad moods, they're driving erratically. Yeah. You, you just, you, you've got to give yourself ample time. So in a nutshell, set off early and definitely get your way to Six Ways if there's tickets available. Yeah, and stop at the services because it's not good to drive tired. That's true. Or get a podcast and listen to it. Yes. This will certainly keep you awake. Well, I like other, other rugby podcasts possibly will send you to sleep. Don't listen to them whilst you're driving. Uh, Saturday, you'll have no such issues because the kickoff's at 2.30pm where will be Northampton versus Gloucester. That'll be on BT Sport 3 and 4K UHD. You're doing that game, aren't you? I am. I am. Uh, expecting reaction from Northampton. I think more than anything, they need to start fast. They've been blown away in the last couple of games. But Gloucester, Gloucester, who are fourth place and playing some good rugby and kind of got over this mental hurdle of not being able to win away from home. Last year, they didn't win a single, um, since win a single back-to-back -back game in the Premiership. But that's not the case anymore. Jan Ackerman pulling some great strings. Who have you so gone for? I haven't gone for anyone, but I'm going to go for Gloucester, I think. Ooh, I I'm going to go for Northampton. For, have you? Yeah. And as a ex-Leicester guy, that's, that's, I'm not going to say... Stings. Well, it's a big shout. I've got a small rash because of it. <laughs> okay, wow. Hopefully they're associated. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Leicester, London Irish on Saturday as well. Sale, Quinns, just quickly, who do you reckon? Uh, Leicester. Have to win, don't they? they have and win to with win. a bonus point. Yeah, um, Sale, Quinns. Well, there's a mini story within that because Marlon Yard obviously going up against his. Can't get a game, though, for Sale. Is he injured? He's been injured. Him. He hurt his knee. Uh, Dancing, nightclubbing, what? Probably, yeah, probably, probably all those things. But yeah, I, I don't know. Leicester, Leicester win. Harlequins are very good, but so won't give them that time, and I've they're very good for, at home. I've gone for two home wins there. Okay, fair enough. Just so you can copy. Okay, cool. Sunday, Wasps against Saracens. Huge game on BT Sport. One from two thirty. Wasps are just playing the best attacking rugby, I think, in the Premiership at the minute. Well, maybe not the best attacking, but pleasing to the eye, the best. And Saracens two wins on a row and crisis over crisis. 
Yeah, uh, quite this. If you're, was, if you're Jonathan, Roy Hodgson, if you're Jonathan, if you're Jonathan just Ross, <laughs> I think you will find it so a wavaging quite this. And that was the BT Sport Rugby Podcast <laughs> with Austin Healy and Chris Eubank. Uh, thanks very much for listening. My bad for Buck Fair. Oh, the Buck Fair. <laughs> That's a good impression, that. That's not too bad, is no. it? I'm going for Saris in that game. Go for Saris. I am, yeah, because... I don't think any side. Like I don't think any side has strangled wasps yet in the last few weeks. No that, one has killed them at the breakdown. They've just been given a free for all. I cannot. I just can't envisage how wasps are going to be making these two, three phase passes out the back, out the back, out the back to Willie Larue, who sends them. I, I just can't see them having the time and the space to be able to do that. Saracens, I suppose, own for Alan Monday. So frustrated with their defence against Worcester. They've got the win, but they need to tighten up their defence. I can imagine them suffocating Wasps for as good as Wasps have been. That would be a huge result if Saracens were to win. And yeah. Maritoji, I think, might be back. And Billy Vanapola was for him potentially being back, if not this week, maybe next. Well, if those two are back, then you put money on them coming back with a bang, wouldn't you? And then finally, Newcastle versus Exeter. Exeter. Just got to. I mean, Newcastle is a tough place to go, but... The travel, everything, you've got to take it. It's a direct flight from Exeter. Oh, okay. Well, superb yeah, then. 45 minutes. Oh, we well. had to get it one year. I think it was one New Year's Eve where they decided that New Year's Eve we'd be in Newcastle and then New Year's Day would be in Exeter. Um, yeah. That was, that was fun. I mean, it was one of my best New Year's. Was it? What did you do this year? Anything fun? No, I was in bed. When I was asleep at half nine. Mm. Yeah. New child. Yeah, new child. Rock and roll. How about you? Uh, we went to a pub. Um, and a local village with our children. They all complained and said, we're going back to the house party, so we were left in the pub. They didn't even have a countdown. Damn them. How can you not have a countdown in a pub? That's awful. In a place of worship. I'm the annoying person who would have done the countdown like three minutes early. <laughs> Ten! <laughs> no! Oh, and everyone joins in at the pub. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. I was playing pool, actually, we won. Okay. Uh, I won the pub. Um, you won the pub? Yeah. You won the pub? Yeah, over a game of pool. That, that, that's it that's the end you just won a pub yeah so I had to stump up some cash uh, for our side of the bet but we won actually my, my partner who was in it he potted the black so you've just won a pub yeah it's been a good start to New Year's yeah it was alright but you know the running costs of pubs a nightmare and staffing issues shocking isn't it oh some of the stuff you've got to do but never mind none was enough was there anyway thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast we'll be back in the studio next week with myself and Lawrence we'll be joined by Wasps and France legend Raphael Ibanez remember to subscribe to the pod and make sure it gets delivered to your device every Thursday morning if you've enjoyed the show please leave us a five star rating and a nice little review thanks Austin congratulations you're a landlord well I was a landlord before but only of a small bed sit. Good man. See you. Happy next New week. Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.